No need to fear. The IKP is here in full effect. Welcome to another Saturday episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. I'm your humble and highly favored host, Isaiah Kid. How's everybody doing out there? Um, I know we had a big time week. NBA blockbuster trade between the Wizards and the Rockets. John Wall and Russell Westbrook. They basically sway. They swap places. Um, of course, I'm going to talk about that. Of course, I'm going to talk about that. Um, like I said, Saturday episode, so you know how we give it up. Um, I got my top 10 teams going into week 13. Top 10 teams going into week 13. That should be pretty interesting. Um, and then also, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to talk some football. I'm gonna talk, I got some couple football topics, but let's touch bases on the Pittsburgh Steelers. <clears throat> okay. You know, Steeler fans, they've been they've been Steeler fans been mad at me all year. Um, when I do my top 10 list, they're not first. I, I think I had them number I think I had the Steelers I, I I think I had the Steelers once in first place on my top 10 list, but most of the time it's been Kansas City. And uh that game on Wednesday, it it proves my point why. It proves my point why. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers at number two all the time. And, you know, I went IG Live a couple days ago, and somebody asked me my thoughts on the Steelers. And I was honest, obviously. I was honest. This is the worst 11-0 team I ever saw. And then there you go. The Steeler fans, they're bringing out the terrible towels. Like, how could you? We are undefeated. We haven't lost a game yet. We beat who we play whoever's on the schedule. We don't make the schedule. And we please stop it. Stop it. Please. Please. The 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 Steelers are fraudulent. I think the Steelers are fraudulent. I think the Steelers are fraudulent. Now, let me let me let me let me clear this up. I'm not saying the Steelers are not a good team. I'm not saying they're not a good team. I'm not saying that. But I don't think I don't think they're this eleven and zero. I don't think they're I don't think they're as dominant as their record may say, or that or their record may show. I don't I I don't think they're as dominant. I think they're a good defensive team. Um, their defense was pretty good last year. They added Ben Roethlisberger. He's a he's back healthy. They they got perimeter weapons on the outside with Chase Claypool. But this Stiller team, it it it. it I, to be honest, how can you after that after Wednesday's performance, how can you be in your right mind to call this Stiller team the best team in football? How can you call this team a better football team than the Kansas City Chiefs? How can you? How can you? How can you? Let me address the schedule situation since everybody wants to talk about the schedule. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have the easiest schedule. But it's not just the fact that they have the easiest schedule. It's just not the easy schedule. They've played four backup quarterbacks this year. Four backup quarterbacks this year. And once again, okay, you have the easiest schedule. You play who's on the schedule. But we haven't seen a lot of dominant victories within this easy schedule. There's a couple of them. But the Steelers, just just by looking at the, just looking at them, the eye test, 
forget the numbers and so forth. The eye test. The 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 eye test. Let's go. Let's go classic. The classic eye test. Do this look like an eleven? Do this look like an eleven and zero team? Does this look like an undefeated team? It doesn't. It doesn't feel like it. That's why you have so many people that's skeptical. Not just myself, but there's so many people that's that you know that's skeptical. That's skeptical. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying the Steelers aren't a great team. I'm not saying Ben Roethlisberger. I'm not saying Ben Roethlisberger one day is going to be a Hall of Famer. Mike Tomlin one day is going to probably be a Hall of Fame coach. Mike Tomlin is a great coach. This Steeler team, it's a, it's a really good, it's a well balanced team. But first, first, they, ha- they have now, they now have two. Season-ending injuries to two important pieces to their defense. So think of it like this: Pitts, the, the the best the best thing about Pittsburgh defense is their front seven. Their front seven is able to generate pressure, slow down the running game, and get to the quarterback. That's what that. The, the the strength of the Steelers' defense is their front seven. Well, Devin Bush and now Bud Dupree have both suffered season-ending injuries. So that's, that's one aspect. Also, uh, versus a depleted Ravens team, the Steelers had to throw 51 passes. Typically, you don't want your you don't want your quarterback who is first of all it doesn't matter the age of anything. I mean, you don't just you don't want your quarterback throwing the football 50, to, 50 times. You just don't. But to add a little bit more context, Ben Roethlisberger is in his late thirties. He's coming off a very serious surgery. You don't want him throwing the football 51 times as it gets colder. You don't want that. Also, this is another big thing. This is bigger than the 51 passing attempts. But the reason why they had 51 passing attempts because they're not running the football effectively. And this is going to be the critical part. That's the critical part. The Steelers, they don't have an effective or consistent running game. They don't have it. The, 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 they don't have it. The Steelers don't have a consistent running game. And that's gonna that's gonna hurt them. That's gonna hurt them in the long run. I mean, how do you stop a great quarterback? Because 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 when you're when you're playing a great quarterback, you're you're trying to figure out every which way to stop a great quarterback. And this is why the run game is so important. Because how do you stop a great quarterback outside of your defense? Because it's hard enough to stop them already. But the perfect way is to run the football, keep them on the sideline. How do you think you stop Mahomes? And you really can't stop these guys. But how do you stop Mahomes and Russell Wilson and Brady and Bateman? How? How do you stop it? You run the football. And that is, and we all know Kansas City, they're the defending champions um, like, like myself. And many others, 
there is people that think Kansas City is still the best team in football, and rightfully and rightfully so. And for the Steelers to get to the Super Bowl, they're going to have to beat Kansas City. But you can't beat Kansas City if you don't run the football effectively. You're just not. You're not going to be able to beat them. Effect. You're not going to be able to beat them if you can't run the football. So I see that as a big problem. I see that as a big problem. And if, if Steelers fans think I'm reaching, uh, okay, you think I'm reaching, I just let your coach, Mike Tomlin, tell it to you, and he'll tell you guys how bad the Steelers play. I'm going to play the clip. I'm really disappointed in our performance tonight. Uh, we did enough to win, uh, but that's all. Um, it was really junior varsity, to be quite honest with you. Uh, and it was in all three phases. We couldn't run the ball effectively when we needed to. We dropped too many significant passes, very catchable, makeable passes. We didn't make significant plays in the special teams game. Our kickoff coverage unit wasn't good enough. We turned the damn ball over. Uh, we gave up big plays in critical moments on defense. Can't have it. Uh, they converted a, a, a long run on a, on a possession down before the half. Unacceptable. They had a 70-yard touchdown late in the game. Unacceptable. Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin himself, and I know it's difficult. To, you know, it's 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 so difficult to convey Steeler fans that this is the reality. That hey, Pittsburgh is not better than Kansas City. Pittsburgh is not the best team in the NFL, despite their undefeated record. They're they're not. And I know you know the the Steelers have done so much winning. Um, the fans are used to the Steelers winning and winning big, but this is they're not the best team in the AFC. They're not the best team in the AFC or in football, um, despite their 11-0 record. And I know, 11-0, it sounds great. But if you look at if you've been following this season with the Steelers, it, it, it hasn't been, it has these games have been nick and tuck, but they've had the easiest schedule in the league. They've caught a lot of breaks. I just think there's, the, I, I sense a little fraud. I sent I sent some fraudulent ways about the Steelers, um, and I, I'm I'm just I'm I'm very curious and excited to see how they would fare against Kansas City because as of right now, Kansas City is better right now. Kansas City is the best football. Kansas City is the best football team right now. Kansas City is the best team in the AFC right now. Simple as that. So let's shift gears a little bit. Um, Blockbuster trade in the NBA happened. It occurred a couple days ago. And this this rumor, this report was already out about John Wall and the potential trade of John Wall and Russell Westbrook. And then a couple days ago, it finally happened. Um, we got we 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 got, you know, so the Rockets traded away Russell Westbrook for John Wall in a first round pick. And let me tell you this. I'm gonna address the Rockets. Um, later or after this, but the Wizards. This is a good move. Um, this is a good move. I this is a this is a really good move for the Wizards. Now, when I say good move, I don't mean like this is gonna put the Wizards over the top to win the Eastern Conference. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> They're not gonna do that. But as far as relevancy in an entertaining brand of basketball and that um you know west you know westbrook they, and, and get this john wall and russell westbrook they're they're practically the same player they're practically the same player both athletic guards um but there's there's a big difference 
but I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the similarities. Both athletic guards, expensive as hell. Neither could really shoot a three at a high mark. But the one difference between John Wall and Russell Westbrook is Russell Westbrook is better. That's the that's the first thing. He's better. He's a better player than John Wall. But then also, I know what I'm getting from Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, he's been he's been in the league for 12 years. Nine out of those 12 years, he's made an all NBA team. He's made an all NBA team nine times. John Wall hasn't made an all NBA team no more than once. Russell Westbrook's the better player. There's no doubt about this. And I feel like Washington won this trade. I feel like Washington won this trade. Um, and like I said, I, I don't think it's gonna, I don't think it's gonna propel the Wizards over the top. <laughs> um, I think they'd be, I think the Wizards. They'd be fighting for, um, they'd be fighting for like the six, seven, eight spot. They'd be fighting, they'd be in that six range. They'd be in that six, seven range where they'd be good enough to make the playoffs. They'd be really exciting. They'd, they'd be relevant. Fans will want to watch. Their fans will want to buy in, but they won't, they won't go far in the playoffs. And but it, it's an exciting backcourt. Um, and you can make an argument that this this backcourt. With Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook, this is probably the best backcourt in the Eastern Conference. This is probably the best backcourt in the Eastern Conference that we have right now in the Eastern Conference. It may be. Um, I'm looking, you know, you got Scott Brooks as the Wizards coach. Um, I, I I like it. I like the move for the Wizards. I know some Wizards fans are heartbroken because John Wall is leaving. I mean, I mean, John Wall's, I mean, let's be honest, John Wall's been here for 10 years, and you know, he's he had some playoff success, but the last two years, he's been hurt. He's been hurt. He's been hurt. We all know about the rumors about him and Brad's relationship. We know. We know. And, and somewhat, and you want to be honest, this 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 move, both both superstars, both stars of these teams, the face of the franchises of both of these teams. James Harden for the Rockets and Bradley Beal for the Wizards. They both wanted something new. Um, we we all we all came, you know, it came to the it came to a conclusion that Russell Westbrook and James Harden did no longer wanted to play with each other. Russell Westbrook wanted out. He got out. And then you no, know, J- James Harden had a preference to play with John Wall. Bradley Bill, you know, he got a, he, he he has a better he, he has a he has a better guard tandem now. But I feel like with the Wizards, this is a good move. It's a solid move. I don't know why. I mean, I get I get why Wizards fans are a little bit upset cuz I know Westbrook not a great shooter, you know, poor playoff history. I get it. I get it. But I mean, with the Wizards right now, this is as good as you can get. And Russell Westbrook, I mean, you're talking about dynamic. He gives all of his effort. He gives 100% every night. And I'm a big critic of Westbrook. I'm a, I'm a big critic of Russell Westbrook um and his play style. I told you guys that his play style, I don't I mean I don't have to tell you. I mean, you it's it's evident. You guys know it. His play style is not winning basketball. His play style is not a championship brand of of basketball. It's just not going to win you a championship, but he's going to be really exciting. 
I think, I think actually, I think Wesley Westbrook and the Bradley Beal duo, I think that that's a better fit. Wesley Westbrook is not a great shooter. Um, he's gonna he's gonna drive and attack the rim. He's gonna he's gonna attract a lot of attention, a lot of the defense's attention, and and Bradley Beal. I mean, you want to talk about a guy, a, a, a score, a scoring machine. Bradley Beal, he averaged thirty points last year, but not just that. Over the last few years, since Wall has been injured, Bradley Beal has be, has become a, a a solid playmaker. He averaged six assists last year. So Brad, he can put the ball in the deck, but Bradley Beal can play on the ball and off the ball. That's what that's what makes Brad that's what makes Bradley Beal so good. And I think with you know, we all know Westbrook is ball dominant. He wants to control the ball, he wants to control the pace in the offense. Um, and in Washington, he's gonna be able to do so because Brad is able to Bradley Beal is able to come off the ball. He's able to come off the ball and play off the ball. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of he's gonna have a lot more catch and shoot opportunities. We know how deadly of a shooter Bradley Beal is. So the Wizards they will be um they'll be competing in the Eastern Conference, you know, for a playoff spot. They get in the playoffs. You know, maybe they can make a little bit of noise, but uh, I, that, that, that's all. You're not gonna win a championship. And from a John Wall perspective, um, and you know, in Houston. John Wall hasn't played, and this is kind of a bit, a bit of a question mark for Houston, because John Wall hasn't played in about two years. Um, he's coming off a knee injury and a torn Achilles injury. Mind you, John Wall's game is predicated off of athleticism, um, his speed, his quickness, uh, and, and and similar to Westbrook, doesn't have a he doesn't have a great jump shot. He's a low, he's a low percentage shooter. He just doesn't shoot as much as Westbrook, but he's a low percentage shooter. He's just as worse as Westbrook. So I I, I am wondering how that fit is going to work in Houston because James Harden is ball dominant. John Wall is ball dominant. Um, Wall really can't play off the ball. That's really not his thing. That's not his forte. And plus, also, what wall are we getting? I mean, Wizards fans, they were assuming. That wall was going to be back, and he's going to he was going to come back and be fine. But the Rockets now that's their that's their problem, that's their situation right now. And you have to question, you have to ask yourself, what John Wall am I getting? And what John Wall am I getting? But I mean, both contracts were fairly similar. Both both guys have three years left on their deal. So I, uh, you know, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. if I'm a if you're a Wizards fan, don't be mad at it. I mean, you you're, you're going to be competitive. You're going to be relevant. Um, I, I think this is going to be an exciting brand of basketball because last year the Wizards were one of the better shooting. They were one of the better jump shooting teams in the league. So you know, you have we all know Westbrook can't shoot, but you have four other guys on the floor that can space out and spread the floor and shoot the ball. Westbrook's going to be he's going to be he's going to look pretty good. He's going to put up some good stats and good numbers. So I don't understand why Wizards fans are, you know, are getting mad about the trade. And I, and I understand it. John Wall, you know, he's been here for a long time and so forth and so forth, but he hasn't done much. If you if you I mean, if you want to be honest, hasn't done much. If you want to be honest, hasn't done much. 
But I mean, Westbrook, he's gonna. I think he's gonna be really good in the Eastern Conference. And like I said, this backcourt now with Russell Westbrook and John and, and Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, this might be the best backcourt in the Eastern Conference. I mean, think about it. Th- th- like, think about it. Whatever, whatever, whatever team in the Eastern Conference can say to have a, as good as talented of a backcourt as the Wizards do right now. Um, I mean, Boston's backcourt is pretty good. Jalen Brown and Kimball Walker. Toronto's backcourt is okay. You know, it's not as dominant. Um, you, you know, who who whose backcourt is as good as the Wizards? It's not a so they 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 perhaps may have the best backcourt in the Eastern Conference. Um, and one of the best backcourts in the league, quite frankly. In the league, they might have one of the best backcourts in the league. So, if you're a Wizards fan, and mind you, the Wizards they finished 10th last year, the Wizards finished in 10th place last year. So, in the Eastern Conference, which has got much stronger, that's why I have the Wizards fighting for that sixth spot. I think, I think that's as high for me, for me personally, that's how high the Wizards can get as far as seeding and playoff positioning, the sixth spot. Because when I think about the Eastern Conference, first, the Eastern Conference did get better. The Eastern Conference got better and got deeper this year. Um, and I look at a team like Milwaukee. We know Milwaukee's going to be pretty good. We we you know we think Milwaukee's going to be pretty good. Uh, Brooklyn, they're going to be pretty good. They're going to be up there. Um, you have teams like Boston, Miami. So that's four teams that I just named, Boston, Miami, you know, Philadelphia, you know, Indiana, Toronto. So you, you, you there's a lot of teams. It, the Eastern Conference is it's, it's quite deep. Not to mention teams like the Hawks who got better. Not to mention the Magic who made the playoffs last year as the eighth seed. As the eighth seed. So you know, the East is deep, and um, if if you know, I, that's why I have the Wizards fighting for the sixth spot. And with the Rockets, uh, I mean. They're probably, st- I mean, depending on what John Wall you get, they'll probably still make the playoffs, but they won't. They won't be playing any meaningful playoff games. I don't think. I don't think this. I don't think they're going to be playing any meaningful playoff games. Um, they'll still be pretty decent. They'll score a lot of points and so forth because they got they got ta- they got talent. It's not that it's not like the Rockets don't have talent. They got Harden, Wall, Boogie, or you know they still got guys that can put the ball in the bucket, but. They just don't. They're just not the threat that like they were, you know, a couple years ago. They're just not. They're just not as good anymore. They're just not as good anymore. But that was a big blockbuster trade. We talked about it happening. Um, Westbrook, like I said, Westbrook. He, you, you guys got to remember to 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 finish off the season, to finish off the regular season. You know, the, when the Rockets went ultra small. Westbrook was really good. He was really, he was, these are his numbers. He was averaging 37 and six. The last, the last, the last half of the year, Westbrook was averaging 37 and six. And he shot the ball pretty efficiently because he limited his three. He didn't, he, he stopped taking three point shots. So, you know, Westbrook, he's going to be, he's going to be fine um, with Bradley Bill, especially with Bradley Bill. He's going to be fine. If you're a Wizards fan, this is this is a good this is a good start. This is a good scenario. They'll be relevant. 
uh, they should make the playoffs. This would be a, this this will be a very exciting team to play with. I mean, or to watch play, excuse me. And then with Westbrook, you got to also think about it um, from a mental aspect. You know, Westbrook that he 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 gets a he gets he gets mocked and off the, and and some of it is fair because when teammates leave Westbrook, they they get they get they all of a sudden get better. <laughs> you know, when teammates leave, like think about it, Victor Oladipo, Sabonis. Kevin Durant, like those guys left Westbrook and they just got, they, they either got better, they turned themselves into all-stars, or they got efficient. They got more efficient. That's the, that. but with Westbrook, I think he's going to come in with a mentality of, you know, and, and, like, I, and like I told you guys, nothing's going to change Westbrook. <laughs> this is who he is. So Bradley, you know, Westbrook, I saw, I saw a report. That Westbrook want he really wants to make this Bradley Beal duo work, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what that means. I I don't know what that means, but you do have to question, um, you know the pat like players that have left Westbrook. You have that's an eyebrow razor, you know they all the, they all of a sudden just get better, <laughs> they become more efficient, and um, that's what happens. But Westbrook. You know, I, I hope he just don't and like I, Westbrook once again, Westbrook is gonna get his shots up. Westbrook, he's gonna get his shots up. But he's also I I feel like he's gonna also try to make this thing work with Brad. But this is who Westbrook is. I've come to grips with it. This is who he is. And it's fine. I mean, it's it, you know, he'll put up good numbers. He'll be a first battle hall of famer, you know, if he continue to put up these good numbers, but this is who he is. Nothing's going to change his play style. Simple as that. Nothing's going to change his play style. And I know some Wizards fans, they're going crazy because they think they're going to be a top-tier team in the Eastern Conference. No, 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 no. The Wizards, the Wizards are not going to, they're not going to be a top-tier team. Um, And I, 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 it's not a sure bet that they make the playoffs. But with Westbrook, it does increase their chances and so forth. Um, And it, it seems like both teams, both franchises have just settled. Um, like I, I, the wall in Harden, I don't know about that mix. I mean, Harden, he, you know, it was a report Harden did preference wall, but he had his preference, you know, with wall, but I don't like that match. Wall don't shoot, ball, shoot the ball. Well, you know, Harden is Harden, you know, Harden's going to get you 30, but he's very ball dominant himself. It just, you know, it just seems like both team, both franchises settled. That's what it seemed like. Both franchises settled, and it's. It, I think the Wizards, the the, the the Rockets, on the other hand, the Rockets got the short end of the stick. But both franchises, I think, settled. Both franchises settled. Um, like I said, Westbrook, entertaining, but um, we know what it is. <laughs> I told you guys this a couple of days, a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, I gave you guys the harsh truth. About Westbrook. And I mean, it doesn't matter what duo you're pairing with, whatever star player you pair him with. It, you know, it's, it, Westbrook is not going to change his ways. He played with Kevin Durant. He's not going to change his ways. Um, But the Wizards will be relevant. You know, the Wizards fans, they have something to cheer for, be excited for. And they'll be, you know, like I said, 
they'd be fighting for those those bottom three playoff spots. Them bottom them bottom three playoff spots, the Wizards will be fighting for and be trying to get with Westbrook. And you know another thing with that John Wall thing, just to, you know one last thing. John Wall hasn't played an NBA game in over seven hundred days. There's been a total. There's actually been seven hundred and eight days. It's been seven hundred and eight days since John Wall has not played an NBA game. That's just a little keynote to take with you. Um, but like I said, let's move on to my top ten list. We do this every week. If you're a regular listener of the IKP, which which a lot of you guys are, you know what time it is. It's time for the. It's time for my top ten teams going into week thirteen. Um, and let's start at ten. Um, so at ten, I have the Cleveland Browns. You know, I, I know it might. You know, I'm I'm very critical of Baker, but a lot of this doesn't have to do with Baker. The Browns, as I predicted, they were. They, I predicted the Browns to be a playoff team. I looked at I looked at their schedule. Um, I, I looked at the conference, even though the AFC appears better than what I thought. I looked at the conference. I looked at their schedule, and also took it into the fact that Kevin Stefanski. He's going to take what he did in Minnesota, and it's going to work with Cleveland. I mean, it's a similar, like, it, it, I mean, Minnesota and Cleveland offensively are very similar. Limited quarterbacks, um, strong running game with, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Also got some weapons on the outside. Um, Odell Beckham, he's hurt, but Jarvis Landry. So I knew this was going to be a run-first team. Um, and now Baker, Baker's, he's not asked to do much. He's, he, 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 you know, Kevin Stefanski has put him in a box. Um, and it's not Kevin Stefanski. It's not Kevin Stefanski's fault, but it's just who Baker is. He's just not, he's, he's, he's a game manager at this point. They, they ask him, just don't lose us the game. Just don't turn over the football. Um, but this, this Browns team, it's a, it's a, it's an engine that's dependent on, on Kevin Stefanski's play calling and Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is the engine. He's the he's the engine that make this thing go. Um, and right now they're eight and three. They're sitting pretty. Now they got a pretty big game coming up versus uh versus the Tennessee Titans. But we'll see how they fare. But I have the Browns at ten. Also, the Browns have the number one rushing attack in the league. Um, so let's move on. Number nine, I have the Bucks. Now, you guys are probably wondering why do I have Tampa Bay here after two losses, two straight losses at that? Well, let me tell you this: Tampa Bay, they're seven and five right now. Looking at the remainder of their schedule, they they're probably going to finish ten and six or eleven and five. Um, that's just about what I predicted. Um, do, you know, my, before this, before my preseason predictions, that's what I predicted the Buccaneers to be 10 and six, 11 and five, given their schedule, their remaining opponents, they should be able to win three out of the next four, if not all four games. But uh, a, a big question mark with this team is consistency. They lack consistency. They have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. But they lack consistency. Also, Tom Brady is being asked to do some things that he's not comfortable with. Brady is not, he's not completing the deep ball at a high percentage. He's actually amongst the lowest, the amongst the lower percentages in the league, um, trying to attempt the deep ball. 
That's just not who Brady is. Hopefully they adjust and get more, a little bit more consistent. But this team is it has a lot of talent. Um, at number eight, the Los Angeles Rams. Oh my God. Um, Sean McVay, he is trying his very, he's trying his hardest. He is trying his hardest to coach around Jared Goff's deficiencies. But it's only so much you can do when your quarterback sticks out like a sore thumb because or a sore thumb because teams eventually are going to force you they're going to force your quarterback to make plays down the field um and Jared Goff I mean that was I mean that was a big reason why the Rams struggled last year and now this year the Rams are their defense is playing at a high level Sean McVay we all know is a good coach Jared Goff seems like he's the one that sticks out like a sore thumb but the Rams, if Jerk Off can just pull it up, if he can just pull his game, like if he can just manage the game and not turn the game over, not lose the football and lose the game, the Rams would be they'd be fine because their defense and their coaching is good. They'd be fine, and he has offensive weapons. They'd be fine. Rams at eight though. At seven, I have the Bills. The Bills, um, not I'm not gonna say quite similar, even though Sean McDermott, he's a really good coach, um, as well. Josh Allen, he's a he's 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 a stud. Now, I talked about Josh Allen earlier this week about you know his contract situation and what the Bills may have to do. I'm a little bit more confident. I'm a I'm a lot more confident than in Josh Allen than I am in Baker Mayfield. Um, Josh Allen, I see flashes of wow, like of wow factor. He makes wow plays. Now, sometimes he can be a little cuckoo with the ball, but um he makes wild he makes some wild plays he has great athleticism he's a i mean he's a i think you know we talk about Josh Allen's big arm and so forth but in the red zone he is a he is a dangerous rushing threat um he i think he has the most red zone touchdowns for a quarterback in the last 2 years so it just shows you in in the red zone it shows you how you know how much of a how much of a beast he is in the red zone um, at six, I have the Packers. I, I mean, <clears throat> the Packers, I mean, what's, I mean, they're finesse. They're not very physical. They're finesse. Um, earlier in the all and earlier in the regular season, I, I, um, I overrated their offensive line. I overrated their defense. They still have the same problems that they had last year. Now, thankfully, they have Aaron Rodgers and they have Devontae Adams. So that you know, that's a superstar quarterback and receiver duo, which is going to be really hard to stop in the postseason. And a lot of teams don't have the luxury of that. But at some point, they're going to run into a team that is just going to be that's going to be more physical, that's going to be able to run the ball, and that's going to be a controlled time of possession. And that's going to they're going to they're going to uh, eventually they're going to they're going to withstand. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, because Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are going to be on the sideline because the Green Bay Packers can't stop the running game. So I have the Packers at six. At number five, the Tennessee Titans. And you see why I have the Tennessee Titans at five. Because the Titans would they would punish the Packers physically. They would punish the Packers. Let me tell you something. Derek, it's just something, it's just something about Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. I mean, around this time, November, December, he just wakes up. 
I mean, this is his, I mean, and, and he's been playing well all season, but it just seems like he takes it to a whole nother level in November and December. He's first in rushing yards, first in rushing attempts, first in rush yards per game, first in rushing TDs. He is a monster. Also, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, he is playing well enough for you to win games. Um, This Titans team, I don't know if they can get to the Super Bowl because their defense worries me and it scares me, but they're very tough to stop. When they're running that football and they're getting that play action and Tannehill is able to find Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, they are, they are a tough out. Titans at five. At number four, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, A couple weeks ago, I was starting to lose faith in the defense. But since jo since Jamal Adams have come back and Carlos Dunlap, though, that, though, the Carlos Dunlap addition and then Jamal Adams coming back off of injury, that has really revitalized this Seahawks defense. Since those two guys have come back and played with each other, they have led the league in sacks. So the problem with the Seahawks defense earlier in the year was they didn't generate enough, they didn't generate enough pass rush. Quarterbacks were just they just weren't uncomfortable. Now, quarterbacks are uncomfortable. Um, I do want to see how they finish out the season. They should be in position to try to sneak and get that number one seed in the NFC. At number three, the New Orleans Saints. Let me tell you this. Um, you, you, I mean, Sean Payton's a great coach. <laughs> I, 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 get, I, I criticize Sean Payton a lot because of the postseason, you know, blunders that they've had in, over the past few years. But Sean Payton, he can coach his tail off. I mean, he can. I mean, what quarterback can he not win with? I mean, Taysom Hill barely throws the football down the field. He still wins. Teddy Bridgewater really can't stretch the field that much. More of a game manager, still wins. And I'm sure if he gave Jameis Winston a shot, he would still win. I mean, Sean Payton, he's an offensive mastermind, offensive mastermind, quarterback guru. He just makes it work. Um, also, the Saints. I mean, the Saints are hot right now. They're hot. I mean, since since week six, they are no, excuse me, since week four, they're on an eight-game winning streak. They have the highest point differential, and they have and they're giving up the fewest points in the league. So they're blowing people out and they're winning by large margins, and their defense is really stepping up. That's something that I worried with that I worried about early on in the season. It's picked up since week four. At number two, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they have, they, they have a ferocious defense. They're first in sacks, first in turnovers, but they've had the second easiest schedule in football. They have played four backup quarterbacks, um, and offensively, they don't have a run game. They're not. I don't think they have a run game, and with them not having a run game, I don't think they're going to be able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs are number one, of course. Let me tell you something. Um, since that Raiders loss, um, Patrick Mahomes has been going crazy. He's been going stupid. Um, and in this offense, uh, they have the two leading receivers in the NFL right now, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, who is the best tight end in football. Um, they're averaging the most points in the league since since that Raiders loss. Um, they're 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 right there on the Steelers' heels. To try to get that number one seed, still has got to keep up. Um, and that is my top 10 teams going into week 13. Um, I like it. 
I like this list a lot. I like this list a lot. Um, I'm interested to see the outcome of the Browns and the Titans because those two match off. That should be a really good game. It, that that may be a show-all, tell-all game for Baker Mayfield in his future and as, as far as contracts and so forth. Got some big implications. <clears throat> okay, Yeah, so those are my top 10 teams. And, 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 you, and you know what? Before I move on, let's talk about Baker and the Browns in this Titans game. The Browns... They have struggled in big games. Baker has struggled in big games. And in this particular game, this is a this is this is going to feel somewhat like a playoff type of game. This is going to feel like a playoff type of game that Baker is going to need to win. Or it would do him it would do him some good if he was to win a game like this and and he performed well. But let's say let's 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 play the game. Let's say Baker, let's say he has a, a pretty good game. Let's say he has a good game. He throws about 270 yards, 280, you know. Let's say he has a good game, three touch, two, three touchdowns, but they lose. That's, I, I, I take it. I take it. Depending on how the way the Browns lose, I take it. But if Baker just goes out there, and I see a similar performance like he put up against Pittsburgh where he was just, ugh, no. And it's once again going to prove my point about Baker Mayfield and his mediocrity. And I think he's mediocre anyway. But a game like this, it would definitely give him some confidence. It would definitely give him some confidence. It would give this Browns team some confidence. It would give himself some confidence. It may give Kevin Stefanski some confidence. And then more, more importantly, the front office. Because the Browns are going to make the playoffs. Um, even if they lose now, if they were to lose this game, they would be, if they were to lose this game, they'd be eight and four. With, you know, the remainder of their schedule is still doable. Let me look, let me, can we pull up their remainder of their schedule? The Browns remainder schedule. Remaining of you know the, the remainder of their schedule. Excuse me. So if they were if they were to lose this Titans game, they play Baltimore on Monday Night Football, but then they have the Giants, Jets, and the Steelers. So you know, let's just play the game. Let's say the Browns win. Let's say the Browns beat the Titans at Tennessee, and they're nine and three. With them being at nine and three, they would be in firm position of the first wild card spot. They'd be in firm position because they're not gonna they're not gonna win the the North. They're not gonna win the division, but they would be in firm driver's seat to to host a play. Uh, well, no, they wouldn't host a playoff game because they're not a division winner. But they they they'd be they have one of the top wild card spots they'd be the five seed if they were to win and beat Tennessee that would put them in that would put them in driver positions to do so so this is a big game for Baker but it, it you know I, I I highlight so all throughout the season I've been talking about Browns and the Baker I've been giving the Browns a lot of a lot of talk time and so forth in Baker 
And basically, I highlighted games that 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 are important. Big games. Games, and what I mean by big games, I mean games with versus winning teams. I'm not talking about Jacksonville and Philadelphia. Uh no, nah, nah, I'm not talking about that. But he lost to the Raiders. The Raiders are a wild card team. Lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They got embarrassed by Pittsburgh. Lost to Baltimore the first week. But other than that, it's been smooth sailing for the Browns. Now, Baker, you know, like I, like I talked about, I've been talking about this dilemma that the front office of the Browns are going to have to answer to or that they're going to be faced with. The dilemma that the Browns front office is going to be faced with. And, you know, the Browns, they're going to win like, they're going to win 10 games this year. The Browns are going to win 10 games. They're going to win about 10 games this year. And you got to ask yourself, is Baker our guy? Because Kevin Stefanski, boy, oh boy, <laughs> this is what he did in Minnesota. For all those years, he had Christian Ponder, Teddy Bridgewater, Tavares Jackson, Kirk Cousins, Case Keenum. So Kevin Stefanski, he's used to this. He's used to working with quarterbacks with limitations. He He's used to it. But. I mean, you know, the Browns, this is the first step. Getting to the playoffs, that's the first step. That's great. But ultimately, you, you want to get to the next level. And is Baker the guy that's going to get you to the next level? That's what you have to ask if you're the Browns front office in Kevin Stefanski. With Baker winning this game on Sunday versus the Titans or playing well, you know, showing some type of some type of some you know showing some type of signs of life versus a good team it will it would do him well it would help it's a big game for baker and let's shift back to the whole john wall and west westbrook but let's talk about james harden because now that the rockets have added john wall and that first round pick that's a, that's just a you know First round pick. It's the NBA draft, you know. With that pick that the Rockets got, I wouldn't. Oh, excuse me. With that pick, with the Rockets got, I wouldn't be surprised if they would have trade that pick or something. Or, I mean, whatever that pick may become, it you know, it's gonna be late lottery, mid. You know, it's gonna be a mid, mid pick, mid first round pick. So you know, doesn't hold much significance. But James Harden. A lot of people are putting James Harden under the microscope. Mind you, two, three weeks ago, I already did that. I already did that. Two, three weeks ago, I already put the microscope under, or I put the microscope on James Harden. And I talked about, I first talked about Russell Westbrook and the harsh truth about Russell Westbrook. And that, I mean, I, you, you guys know my take. Russell Westbrook, he is who he is. He 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 is who he is. I mean, I love his personality. I love the fire and the grit that he plays with. But he's very he's ultra ball dominant. He he's a volume shooter, and he's not an efficient shooter. And he and his and, and quite frankly, his play style is not championship winning basketball, and that often leads to him having playoff. Failures in those playoff moments that we all remember 
and they're not good. But for James Harden, on the other hand, on the other hand like I told you guys, James Harden, um, some people have called James Harden the best scorer of the basketball of all time. Some people have called James Harden the best offensive player that they have ever seen. James Harden, for a couple, for for a few years now, a few consecutive years now, has been averaging 36, 35, 35 points per game. There's no question that he's a really good player. There's no question that he's really gifted offensively. Um, especially with the way how the game is played now, you know, Harden, he 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 certainly um, takes advantage of it, and he does well. Quite frankly, he does it well. Now, for my money, I tell you guys this all the time. But for my money, with my two eyes, with my two eyes, the, the players that I've seen play, for my two eyes, I think Kevin Durant is the most uniquely gifted scorer. With my two eyes, I think he's the most unique, uniquely gifted scorer. Kevin Durant is 6'10", 6'11", with a handle, um, can shoot from anywhere. He can he can blow past you. He can post you up. I mean, he can do it all. For my money, Kevin Durant is the most uh, uniquely talented scorer that I've seen. But with James Harden, the question is, what, what's wrong? And I think one thing we have to point out is, why do all these star players leave James Harden? <laughs> like Dwight Howard, and, and, and I highlighted this already, but the Dwight Howard, Chris Paul, now Russell Westbrook, the Chris Paul thing worked well for what? What they were like? They were together for two years. The Dwight situation really never. They they really never mesh. Dwight also had his injuries and so forth. And then Russell Westbrook, they were dynamic and gave you different looks as far as like how to defend them, but it didn't it didn't work and only lasted for one year. So you gotta start looking at Harden and, and start asking, why in the hell do all of these star players leave James Harden? <laughs> and yes, he's ball dominant. I talked about how Mike D'Antoni, he creates monsters. Mike D'Antoni create, and I mean that in a, I don't mean that in a malicious way, but I mean like he creates ball dominant monsters. Mike D'Antoni, Mike D'Antoni creates ball dominant monsters. And yes, their stats look good. Um, Steve Nash won MVP off of it. James Harden, you know, <laughs> James Harden's won scoring titles, MVPs, and so forth. James Harden, you know, like I said, people call him the, the the best offensive player ever. So he's benefited off of it, and it, it, it works. I mean, Dan Tony, that's one thing you you can you can say Dan Tony this, Dan Tony that. Don't win in the playoffs. Don't win a championship. Hasn't won a championship. But Dan Tony, if you got a talented point guard, he can do something with him. He can take him to the next level. Hell, Jeremy Lin was relevant for an, for an hour and a half under Mike D'Antoni. But you got to start asking yourself, and, and, and with Harden, you got to start asking, 
why do all these guys leave Harden? <laughs> like, have there has there ever been an NBA star that has just wiped away every star teammate that he's had, and they all just leave like disgruntled? I don't want to say disgruntled, but not on a good note. Not so on a good note, whether it be on the court or on the court. <laughs> I mean, have we have we seen this? Have we? I don't know. Harden, you know. And I like Harden. I like I like his style, you know, his style. It can be hard to watch at times, but I like it for the most part. I like Harden. You know, he you know, he'll be if he continues, you know, you know, he's gonna be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's going to be in Springfield, Massachusetts one day. But, I mean, it's about winning titles for Harden now. It's about winning titles. Because when we speak of all-time great shooting guards, you know, of course, think of Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, Jerry West. But then some people are very quick to add James Harden to that list. And like I said, James Harden, he, he has the talent. James Harden has the he has the stats, he has the numbers, but he's not in that class. He's not in that class. And he can be. He's he can be, but he gotta win that title. And I and 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 I do think the media, I do think the media place probably too much onus on winning titles. But that's that's just that's just what the mere that's just the mere fact of the situation. It comes with the territory. It comes with the territory. You want to be recognized as all-time great. People are giving you these all-time great labels. People you people are calling you the greatest offensive player ever. Well, you gotta you gotta back it up with some jewelry. You gotta back it up with some rings. Harden hasn't done so. He hasn't done so, and he's not going to do it in Houston. Houston's not going to. Houston is nowhere near that. Um, and I'm just very curious to see how this John Wall and James Harden dynamic works, because John Wall has three years left on his on his mega deal. So I'm just curious. What's the what does the future hold for James Harden? Do you see him getting traded at the end of the season? Does he get traded? In the middle of the season, depending on how things go, like if the Rockets start slow and sluggish and they just don't look good, would it be surprising if they try to move Harden? And obviously, when you're when, when, when a player of Harden's caliber, you want the you want to get the most, if you're gonna trade him, you want to get the most out of the deal. Because you're giving away, you know the type of player you're giving away with Harden. You're giving away an MVP caliber, a top seven, eight player in the league. So you want something back. But what does the future hold for Harden? Because he's run a, he's ran a lot of guys out of Houston. And from Dwight Howard to Daryl Morey to Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. James Harden is the only man standing in Houston, and he's standing by himself with Steven Silas. He's standing by himself. Okay, so I'm doing my picks of the week. Uh, the mark, There's some marquee games this week that I'm going to be looking forward to watching 
paying close attention to. Um, so week 13, we're going to start it off with the Browns at the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I've been, I talked about this game already. This is going to be a big game for Baker. Um, the Browns are five and a half point underdogs. So, you know, they're, they're five and a half point underdogs on the road versus Tennessee. Derrick Henry is hot right now. Um, it seems like everybody loves Tennessee right now, for, for right now at least. Um, oh boy. I'm gonna go I, I'm gonna go with the Browns. I'm gonna go, I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Browns. I'm gonna go no, you know, matter of fact, I'm gonna go with Tennessee. I'm picking Tennessee. Um I Derrick Henry's too hot right now. I'ma pick Tennessee. Hey, if I get it wrong, I get it wrong. But I'm gonna pick Tennessee. I'm gonna go with final score of 20. I'm gonna go with final score of actually 31-24 Titans. 31-24 Titans. Um, another big game of the week. LA Rams versus the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinal, the Rams are two and a half point favorites. This is essentially a must win um, for the Cardinals. They'd be they're 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 six and five right now, but the Vikings play the Jaguars, so the Vikings may very well be six and six by the end of the weekend. But I just feel like this is a bad matchup for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, uh, defensively, I like what the Rams do. Defensively, I like the pressure they could they can that they can generate. Um, hopefully, Car- I mean, hopefully Jared Goff does not turn over the football, but I like what, I, I like what, um, the Rams can do defensively. And that's why I'm going to lean with them to go with this win. I'm going to go with a final score of 30 of, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with final score 30 to 26 Rams. Um, let's see. What else is on the docket? Those are the big games of the week. I'm gonna pick those. I'm picking. I'm picking those only two games. Those should be some really good games to look forward to. But without further ado, I'm gonna let you guys go. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get up out of here. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy some football. Um, NBA. NBA season is literally right around the corner. I got some more NBA stuff I'm gonna do, but. Until until then, see you guys. Catch you guys. I'm out. Peace, deuces. Adios, amigos. Gone. Um, always remember two choices, one decision. And I am out. Peace.